I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome to Play Me, your ticket to some of the hottest shows by award-winning playwrights. We are back with part three of the hit play Serving Elizabeth by playwright Marcia Johnson. In 1952 in Kenya, a local restaurateur named Mercy and her daughter have been invited to prepare authentic Kenyan meals for a royal visit. But Mercy refuses the job because she's bitter against the king for his involvement in Kenyan politics. The play then shifts to London in 2015, where Tia, a Kenyan-Canadian screenwriter, is working as an intern on a prestigious TV series about the royal family. They're preparing for an episode based on Princess Elizabeth's Kenyan visit. This is the conclusion to Serving Elizabeth by Marcia Johnson. Thank you. Not at all. That was quite the drenching. And just from the sidewalk to your front door. My apologies for there not being room for your friend to drop you closer. Well, I thought that maybe you had company. No, just me and Sylvia. Your wife? My housekeeper. Those cars all belong to you? Just three of them. Uh, One belongs to Sylvia. The Civic? Yes. I don't usually have them all in the drive, but we're tiling the garage. Oh, my parents did that too. Did you get the interlocking rubber ones? Porcelain, actually. I've never heard of using porcelain tiles for a garage. Found them in Italy. Quite durable, apparently. I can't thank you enough, Mr. Gilder. I've never interviewed a celebrity before. Well, I wouldn't call myself a celebrity. You won an Oscar! Probably out of pity after three nominations. Oh, no. You deserved it. You're very kind. Mm, Look at all those theater awards. You're an aspiring playwright yourself? Screenwriter and showrunner. Here you are. Not for me, thanks. Nonsense. You must be chilled to the bone. This is as good as a hot water bottle. Well, thank you. Jumping right over theater, are you? I guess so. In my day, everyone started in theatre. Some people still do. So, you're at school and you have a job on the series. I'm an intern. A dog's body, then. A dog's body? (laughs) Shakespearean turn of phrase. Someone who does all the um, unwanted, menial jobs. (laughs) Sounds about right. You were at the shops when I visited the office. What else do they have you doing? 
Paperwork mainly. I copied all the scripts and had them couriered. I received mine, safe and sound. Good job. Thanks. By the way, I've read all ten episodes. Goodness. You're a wonderful writer. Thank you, my dear. The characters jump off the page. Caress the divine detail, as they say. Nabokov. They're teaching you well in that program. <laughs> I'm learning more from being in the production office. And we start shooting tomorrow. Oh, it's like Christmas holiday. I don't want to take too much of your time. I am at your service. Can you tell me how writing this series is different from writing a play? Well, there's a damn side more money involved. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> In a nutshell, it's more visual. A ten-second flashback can replace three pages of dialogue. On occasion, the director will make those changes without even bothering to bloody well consult with the writer. My apologies. For what? Oh, that's right. Bloody means nothing in America. I'm Canadian. What brings you here? Film school. Don't they have film schools in Canada? They were a little too close to home. On a grand adventure, are you? It's nice being able to go to Paris for the weekend. Not that I have time these days. I'm impressed by your work ethic. Thanks. I'd like to talk about the research that you did. Someone else was tasked with that, but I already had quite a bit of knowledge about the Queen. I thought that I did too. But I really learned a lot about her from your scripts. She's a fascinating woman. You taught me a lot about Churchill, too. I was even more familiar with him. You're a fan. We went to St. George's here in Ascot. What a coincidence. I feel that I was born to write this series. Write what you know? Indeed. I've always wanted to add to that saying. <laughs> Never mind. No. Tell me. Write what you know. Research what you don't. <laughs> you are clever. Thank you. I really liked the character of Churchill's junior secretary and her roommate. Thank you. I'm fond of those characters as well. I like how you juxtapose their lives alongside the lives of the royals and the government elite. Thank you, my dear. I loved how she started off terrified of him. I would say starstruck. Okay. She was in the Kenya episode, which was intriguing. Yes. Even with its obvious problems. I beg your pardon? There definitely wasn't much research done about the key figures in Kenya. Ewan Mitchell was quite the character, but... He was the white governor in the newsreels. Yes. I toyed with giving him a larger role. There were also hundreds of tribal leaders in that footage. Pity there was no sound. Mitchell introduced the couple to some of the chiefs. Just glad-handing, really. Why didn't Dedan Kamathi make it onto the character list? Not familiar with him. He was one of the leaders of the Mau Mau Uprising. That didn't happen during the royal visit. There were stirrings. The rebellion didn't come into full force until months later. Some say that the trip was one of its triggers. Yes, well, that wasn't the focus of the episode. No, it wasn't. Listen. Just a few more questions. I'm learning so much. Yes, well... So the impression I'm getting is that you had a lot of history to sort through before you could decide what would make good drama. I would say that is a fair statement. And you do. I do what? Make good drama. Thank you, my dear. The secret What to... about Mercy and Faith Nianjiru? Who were they? They worked at the Sagana Lodge during the visit. 
why would I know the names of the staff? Mm, that's true. Kitchen staff don't tend to make it into history books. I'm beginning to suspect... Except maybe Sirhan Sirhan. Excuse me? He killed Bobby Kennedy. Actually, Sirhan didn't work in the kitchen. Whatever. Did you come across the name Montague Mwangi? I don't believe so. He worked for the British government in Kenya. How did you find all of this? I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name. Tia. As in a Spanish aunt? In Kukuyu, it means respect. My last name means psychic power. What is it? My psychic power? No, your name. Mwangi. Is it a coincidence that you have the same last name as that Montague fellow? No, it isn't. This isn't just a student interview, is it? Well, I am a student, and this is an interview. You are here under false pretenses. You can leave now. Mr. Gilder, you're making a terrible mistake with this episode. I'll be sure to mention this to Robin. She has no idea that I was coming, Mr. Gilder. I just need... I don't want to call the authorities, but I will. I'll just text my friend to come get me. Do that. He's on his way. Good. I'd like you to consider that maybe you have an unconscious bias. Well, who doesn't, you silly girl? It's called unconscious after all. You've got me there. At least you didn't say privilege. How much do Italian porcelain garage tiles cost? You will not make me feel guilty. I worked hard for all of this. And I worked damned hard on that script. I am exceedingly proud of it. You swan in here and say, change this and change that. Who do you think you are? I'm a bloody good writer. Then it shouldn't take much to fix your mistakes. That's it. You can wait outside. In this weather? I don't care if you drown. Well, I suppose it's better than making me kiss your feet. Now see here. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find anything about anyone doing that. I said that you can wait outside. Do you have an extra umbrella? Go on, sit down. You have no idea how difficult it is to be a dramatic writer in this day and age, especially as a white man. Please, tell me. Even if I had found out about the Kenyans that you mentioned, if I'd given them dialogue, I'd be accused of cultural appropriation. No danger of that in the current script. Can't believe I fell for that innocent act of yours. And you made Elizabeth so perfect. By all accounts, she is a highly devoted and even-tempered person. And she could bestow you with your very own knighthood. Not another word, or you can wait out in the deluge. Okay. Okay. This is really good. Glad to win your approval on something. Could you at least consider fleshing out a black character? There were no meaningful interactions between Elizabeth and the Africans. There were pictures and newsreels of her meeting several black people. Not the Mau Mau leader. What about that little boy with the bouquet? What little boy? His nickname was Prince because he was born the same day as Charles. He was on the tarmac. Oh, yes. He held the flowers behind his back. She had to reach around him to get them. Why not write a scene about his parents being told that their little boy had been selected to present flowers to the princess? Riveting. It can be. 
Look, the episode may have been set in Kenya, but the story was about the king's death, which happened in England. I can't devote time to minor characters when the bigger story needs to be told. What about Churchill's junior secretary and her roommate? They were minor characters who got to be part of the bigger story. Did you speak with their descendants? Is the roommate still alive? You know damn well that neither of those women existed. Yet they had a meaningful story arc. The producers wanted me to write about the Great Fog. You try creating drama about a weather pattern. You needed a human element. I get that. There was a damn fine tragic moment with that lovely young girl getting lost in the fog. You could have created black characters in the same way. Where's that friend of yours? You gave Churchill a relationship with a secretary who didn't even exist. Why not do the same thing for Elizabeth with a cook or a waitress? <sighs> the cook and the waitress... What were their names again? Really? There was some concern that there aren't enough women in that episode. Not good enough that the bloody lead is female. What do you want to know about them? <sighs> Anything. All right. Mercy Nyanjiru and her daughter Faith joined the staff at the Sagana Lodge for the royal visit. Faith met Montague Mwangi and they eventually got married. Uh, Sylvia, we'll let him in. You said that Mercy's last name was... Nianjiru? Yes, her daughter's name was Faith. How old? 21. Hey. Hi, this is Steve. Morris Gilder. Hi. Uh, I've seen your plays. Good. Um, thanks. Uh, it's really coming down. We better get going then. What? It's a long drive. Especially in this weather. You drop all kinds of hints for me to include your ancestors in the script and then you run off? My great-grandparents were tea garden farmers. They never served the queen, and I have no idea who did. You led me to believe... I made them up. You what? Mercy, Faith, even Montague. It was easy. Mwangi's the most common surname in Kenya. Is it now? The junior secretary in your script got to represent a change in Churchill's mood. You could use black characters to represent... To represent what? To... Represent... That's it. Let someone talk to the princess. Give them more to do than gaze at her adoringly or kiss her feet. Hot off the presses. What's this? Just a little something I threw together. Excuse me? Excuse you? He needs you to get out of the way. Get out of the way of what? What if Faith forged her mother's signature on the Sagana contract? They weren't real people. Neither was Churchill's junior secretary and her roommate. You already covered this, right? Yeah, we're good. If you tell a good story with believable, relatable characters, it won't matter if they were real people or not. Are you really telling me how to write? She's just making suggestions. Mercy could have been one of the women who marched against the white settlers five years earlier in Muranga. The idea of serving the monarchy could really rankle her. But she takes the job anyway, according to you. So that she could get close to the princess. And why would she do that if she was so opposed to the British? The lodge was isolated, so it would make sense that security was focused on the perimeter. Mercy could see this as an opportunity. An opportunity for what? No spoilers, Tia. I got excited. Great stakes, though. Thanks. Where are we? Sagana Lodge. Isn't it sweet? A bit frilly. This is just my version. You can make it more rustic. I could, could I? 
I just wanted you to see that there's another approach that you can take. It's really brilliant. Thanks, Steve. Hmm. Smooth. We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. You understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. I removed from the right. You should have seen Mr. Tarbot's face. He always looks like that. I won't be selling her again. Good. I need your help in the kitchen. The staff is so preoccupied. Mama, people like us don't get to meet people like them. Aren't you even a little bit... I don't know. Impressed? Yes. No. Both of them are very nice. And her eyes. What about them? They are a different kind of blue. You are falling under her spell. No, Mama. I just think that her eyes are pretty. She should not be leading this country. Pretty eyes or not. Mama, don't say things like that. That's why the regular chef isn't here. He's anti-monarchy and refused to cook for her. A true patriot. I shall give him some of the money I earn here. Not too much, please. Don't worry. You are going to school, my bright girl. I'm sorry, Mama. For? I could have tried harder to convince you instead of taking things into my own hands. You did try awfully hard. I'm sorry that I forged your... I understand why you did it. I promise I will never do anything like that again. Good. What is that? Hmm? It is rat poison from when they were trying to trap the mongoose. I told you the staff was preoccupied. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you like to walk in the gardens with me? There's a bridge. They say the fish almost dance on the water. Mm-hmm. Oh, for goodness sake. Where is he? Who? Won't you join us, Montague? Hello, Mrs. Nyanjuru. Hello, Montague. Hello. Hello. Montague? I never did thank you properly for that day. No need. I only wish the outcome had been different. Let us listen to some music. Please, keep the set turned off. What is it, sir? There is some news. We don't want the princess to find out on the wireless. The king has died. Faith! I'm afraid she is right. Long live the Queen. Oh, no. We must endeavour to keep the news from her until the Duke returns. He won't be back until tomorrow. I'm going to fetch him now. Montague, 
We're taking the roles. I will cover the wireless. I will try to find the princess. Good. Thank you. Mercy, if she comes here, keep her company. Me? I'm counting on you. Distract her. I will bring ginger beer. She enjoyed it last night. Yes. Good. It is dangerous. What? It shocked the gardener. Burned his hand. He is having it attended to right now. Good Lord. Thank you so much for warning me. Would you like some ginger beer? What a wonderful idea. I'll take it with me. To your room? My, how inquisitive you are. The glass may slip from your hands because of your gloves. I can escort you to your room. How very kind. Good. You may escort me to the lounge in Beck. Yes, the view is very nice. I saw some of the staff gathered around another set. They are listening to a Swahili program. I distinctly heard English. Maybe they were trying to find their broadcast and something had come through from England. I might be able to convince them to change it to the BBC. Stop! What on earth are you doing? This is my country, not yours. It would serve you well to remember that I am your future sovereign. What good does that do me? A great deal, actually. Can you really be so blind? Whatever your grievances, you cannot expect me to solve them this very moment. I expect you to at least hear them. <laughs> this is supposed to be my holiday. From what? Cutting ribbons? Receiving bouquets? We have only tried to do good in this country. You took away our land that had been passed down from mother to daughter for generations. You paid us a pittance to work on it. I did no such thing. I've waited my whole life to tell you people what I think of you. This is neither the time nor place. Talbot! He is not here. You shall be escorted off the premises. Then I will make the most of the few moments we have together. You are not to sit in my presence. Sit if you are so offended. I prefer to stand. Have it your way. I was one of the protesters in the Moranga women's revolt against the English white settlers. I had nothing to do with that. Do you care about your subjects or not? Or do you want us to pretend that everything is fine in the Empire? Oh. <sighs> oh, don't let me stop you from pretending. What was the focus of the revolt? After years of farming our ancestors' land for the white settlers, the soil quality was failing rapidly. They told us to terrace the land to combat the erosion. We were expected to do this for no pay an extra two days per month. When we refused, they declared the fast labor decree. In other words, slavery. I knew nothing of this. We had more than enough to do at home, so we marched to the district headquarters. One hundred and fifty women. We were all arrested and fined. My husband and I were paying off the fine in modest installments as best as we could. But then he fell ill. So instead of paying the fine, I paid for his treatment. 
Jacob was a healthy man. No one can tell me that his stroke was not brought on by all the strife. I believe I will sit now. I heard of your husband's passing. I am deeply sorry. That must account for this shocking behaviour of yours. Talbot said that you are a woman of admirable character. Did he? Yes, a glowing review. And your meals have been wonderful. Thank you. And so recently, after such a tragic loss, please accept my sympathies. Do you still owe fines? No. They garnished my wages, leaving us next to nothing to live on. We moved to Nieri so I could take over my brother-in-law's restaurant. What a heartbreaking story. Ours is just one of many. You're right to insist that I listen to you. I do not think that Mr. Talbot would agree. It was refreshing to have someone speak so frankly to me. Like an ordinary woman. But you are not ordinary. Can't we pretend for just a few moments more? Before you have me escorted from the premises? Oh, let us forget about that. I had promised Talbot that I would not let the past get in the way of serving you. It was a momentary lapse. Well... I thank you for understanding. It is my duty. Will you change your name the way that your father did? It is not time to speak of such things. The king is still on the throne. Too ill to travel at the moment, but he is very much on the mend. You know that he was never meant to be king. I remember. He was not only the Duke of York... He was also the president of the Industrial Welfare Society. The forced labour decree goes against everything that he believes in. I will tell the king your story when I get home. You would tell the king about me? I will write a note to myself the moment I get back to my room. You are serving me? It will be our secret. Cheers. Wait! My word! A big black spider. Where? In your glass. Let me see. There. See it crawling away? No. It is gone now very fast. One would think that it would have drowned. Must be very powerful, with strong poison. Well, I thank you for your quick actions. You are most welcome. I will make some more. I think I will be fine with water. Yes, I will get some. You know that Thagana means spider in my language? No, I did not. Your Royal Highness. Oh, thank God. Uh, Mum, the Duke has arrived. Oh, I did not expect him back today. I will change into a frock and meet him. It is of no consequence. He is wearing dungarees. Sauce for the goose. (laughs) Thank you, Talbot. 
He's on the bridge. A lovely spot. Are you all right? I am. I am. I found something that will help with your allergies, Mr. Talbot. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you so much, Mrs. Nianjiro. I shall be off, then. Mrs. Nianjiro? Thank you for our chat, Mercy. I shall never forget it. Thank you for your promise. Why did you not curtsy? Because I did not want to. You disappoint me, Mrs. Nianjiro. I accept that. Thank you for keeping the secret, in any case. It was not easy. How were you able to fill the time? We just chatted, woman to woman. I know what it is to see a strong man deteriorate and then to lose him. She did not want to leave England. I convinced her that he would be all right. You could not have known. He was so frail at the airport. Do you think it is right that we are watching them? If you can look away, you're made of stronger stuff than I am. He doesn't appear to be telling her right away. She's probably asking him about his hunting trip. What a beautiful smile she has. Not for much longer. No. The world changes today. The Commonwealth of the future replacing the Imperial past? It is what I believe. I sincerely hope that you are right. UK is voted to leave the European Union, shocking the world and revealing a divided country. Why aren't you more upset? I've had time to get used to it. 24 hours? The writing's been on the wall long before that. Here's that idiot again. I understand why you want to sound off when he's talking. Just turn it off. All the way. Yes, ma'am. You voted to stay, right? What? Of course I did. Sorry. My apologetic Canadian. (laughs) A latecomer. I'll go. What a nice surprise. We're not too late, are we? Of course not. She'll be chuffed to see you. We'll see about that. Patricia! Happy graduation. Hi, Robin. Tia. I can't believe that you're here. It's all thanks to Pat. You said you'd be nice. Doesn't get much nicer than this. Are you serious? Robin's missed you more than she lets on. Should we save it? Pop the cork. It's good to have something to celebrate after yesterday. Right. You called it about Brexit. Doesn't make it any easier to swallow. Glad to be busy at work. How's it going? Finished principal photography. Congratulations. Five months till the premiere. Hard to believe. You were missed, especially in Africa. Now you're just rubbing a nose in it. It's all right. It was so beautiful there. Who played the foot kisser? Excellent South African actor. He's toured five countries in his one-man show about Mandela. You owe him. Too right. He's not the only one owed something. 
Robin, how many times do I have to tell you that I'm sorry? It was a bloody stupid thing to do. The two of you should have it out. Steve? What? Let me help you with the champagne. Well, I can do it. Oh, right. This way to the kitchen. Be nice. Mm-hmm. You could have ruined your career before it even got started. Someone had to say something. Well, Gilda didn't change a single word of that script. That's too bad. So it was all a waste of time. I don't think so. You're lucky he didn't charge you with trespassing. I was more worried that you'd get in trouble. You're too right. You hacked my email to set up that ridiculous meeting. Well, not really hacked. You just left your account open. Oh, remarkable. That's the only thing I feel bad about. That's why I quit. Three days before we left for Africa. I was making a statement. I thought you'd be proud of me. It was unprofessional. I wasn't being paid. Oh, you know what I mean. I'm sorry that I left you in the lurch, and I'm sorry that I impersonated you, but I stand behind everything else. I get it. I get it. So, you forgive me? Come here. (laughs) Go for it, Steve! Uh, What about your script? I adapted it into a stage play. It's brilliant. I'm trying to get it produced in Toronto. You're leaving us? My student visa's about to expire. Just when we've made up. That's worth celebrating. Tutia. 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 (laughs) Thanks, guys. Are you going to do long distance? I'm going with her. The timing seems right. And I wrote a part for him. I'd love to read it. Why don't we read it now? Really? I'm game. We can huddle on your laptop. Robin, do you want to? Sure. I'd love to forget where I am for a while. (laughs) Great. You can be Princess Elizabeth. (laughs) It it would be my (laughs) honour. Patricia, you'll be Mercy. I'll be Faith. And I'm the dashing Montague. Great. Who will play Talbot? Who's that? Elizabeth's envoy. Let's take turns being the white guy. (laughs) Good plan. Comportment lessons for serving the future queen by TM Wangi. (sighs) What? A tad long. It's a working title. Good. Act one, scene one. It is January 1952. The setting is a small restaurant in Nyiri, Kenya. A mother and a daughter are taking their Christmas. That was the conclusion of Serving Elizabeth by Marcia Johnson. Laura, you and I are both huge fans of the TV series The Crown, and I have to say I really do appreciate Marcia's play and how she sheds a whole new light on the episode that features the Kenyan royal visit, and it shows us a completely different side to that historic event. Yeah, I really enjoy this play. It feels uh, very timely with everything royal that's been happening in the last couple of years. But I love how she deals with the history, but also representation and cultural insensitivity. 
Join us next for an in-depth interview with the playwright and performer Marcia Johnson. And join us every Sunday night at 9 p.m. and Wednesday at 11 p.m. when we broadcast on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius XM. Serving Elizabeth was written by Marcia Johnson. This audio version was directed by Marcel Stewart. It featured Virgilia Griffith, Marcia Johnson, Jeffrey Pounsett, Amanda Lisman, and Cameron Grant, with guest appearances by Leah Simone Bowman and Raoul Benesia. Serving Elizabeth was written while the playwright was a member of the Playwrights Unit at the Thousand Islands Playhouse and then received additional development in partnership with Western Canada Theatre. The play received a rolling world premiere between these two companies in 2020 and 2021. It was also produced at the Stratford Festival in 2021. This episode's sound design and edit are by Chris Tolley. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can connect with us by emailing playme at cbc.ca. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Play Me through Google or Apple Podcasts. By subscribing, you can listen to all our past shows and you won't miss a single one of our new episodes. And while you're there, we would love it if you would consider rating and reviewing us. It helps spread the word about our podcast, bringing theatre to a whole new audience. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. Our associate producer is Mary Chris Rivera. A special thanks to our CBC team. Anna Ashate is our digital producer and our executive producer is Cecil Fernandez. The director of CBC Podcasts is Arif Narani and the executive director is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.